Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Reflections on Growth, a journey toward personal discovery with Dan Roulette. You found the place for practical tips and tools to make your journey happier, healthier, and a lot more fun. Check out our website, growthreflections.com, and join the discussion. Now here's your host, Dan Drolette. Thank you, Daryl Schmitz, and welcome to The Big Shoe. This is number five. I skipped a week. Last week I didn't do a, a podcast. I apologize for that. I let some things take over my thoughts that I probably shouldn't have let take over my thoughts. And when that happens, uh, I can get into kind of a funk, and I just kind of let things go, but I've gotten stuff back together this week, and we're ready for another big shoe. In fact, the topic of today's show will be thoughts and feelings, so it kind of, you know, it kind of plays into that. Uh, as I'm recording this right now, I'm looking outside my window, and I'm, I live in mid-Michigan, about 20 miles north of Lansing, and I'm looking at a lot of snow. We kind of got nailed here on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. We were out plowing the driveway and stuff. We were lucky, actually, because the city of Lansing, about 20 miles south of where I live, they got nailed. And then 30 miles south of Lansing and Jackson, they really got nailed. So the farther south you went, the worse it got. We, like I said, we got off lucky. So, you know, I've got no complaints here. And we're past all the Super Bowl mania. Is it just me, or has Super Bowl Sunday become almost as big a holiday as Christmas? I mean, the whole month of January just leading up to it, and all the hype, and then we had all the talk about deflated balls. Okay, I, 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 get, I get the innuendo. That was funny. That was funny for about, uh, I think about 15 seconds. You know, everybody was talking about it, and... And now the Super Bowl's over. We can just hopefully let the deflated balls go and concentrate, I'm hoping, on springtime. I'm not a big winter person. I've grown up in Michigan all my life. When I was a kid, like my my kids are now, they go out. They love it when, when the snow's, you know, out there 10 feet high. And they just run out there and they dig forts and play and stuff. I remember those days. Those were fun, but when you get to be older, and then you have to realize, oh, wait a minute, I have to plow this stuff? I have to plow my driveway? I have to shovel this stuff? And I think when we get older, we also get a little more sensitive to the cold. So I, you know, I was telling a meteorologist friend of mine a few weeks back that I will take summer and 100-degree heat index over 20 below wind chill any day of the week. And I will probably take mowing the lawn over plowing snow any day of the week. Although it takes a shorter amount of time to plow the snow, but it's not the time, it's the temperature. Now, if I could plow snow when it's 80 degrees out, that'd be great. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but that would be, that would be a lot of fun. 
and it would take a lot less time than it does to mow the lawn, but I'm just more accustomed to the spring and summer months and waiting for the temperatures to warm up. I was listening to a radio station in Guam last week, and they were talking about it on their morning show, which airs about 6 o'clock in the evening, our time. But the guy in the morning show was talking about how, you know, are you sick of winter yet? And we're talking about Guam here. There, you have to understand, there really is no winter in Guam. The temperature is about 85 degrees year-round. Guam basically has two seasons, the dry season and the rainy season, the monsoon season. So this is the dry season. It's 85 degrees. I didn't understand what he meant by, you know, being sick of winter and uh, can't wait until spring comes around. I mean, how do you know in Guam when it changes from winter into spring? Okay, I ramble. I like to make these random observations from time to time, you'll notice, because I think life is funny, and I search out the funny things in life, because I really believe that sometimes I can take myself too seriously. I think we can all take ourselves too seriously, and if we just stop and look at some of the funny things that are going on around us, we tend to get our sense of humor back and tends to put a smile on our faces and it makes life a little bit more easygoing, kind of eases the tension. So with that, you know, I'm going to get into the topic today and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I wanted to talk a little bit about thoughts and feelings. And the title of my blog post this week is What Comes First? The feeling or the thought, or the thought or the feeling, whichever. I have discovered a lot of different opinions about that to and around out there on the internets, and it's very, very interesting topic. You know, some people believe that what we feel really influences what we think about things. Others tend to believe that what we think influences what we feel. Now, I tend to go with the latter explanation on that because I think that our feelings really are a way of telling us what our thoughts are or have been. It might even be a delayed reaction. I've read Rhonda Byrne's book, The Secret, and although I make no secret, pardon the pun, that I don't agree with everything in that book, I certainly do agree that our feelings are a barometer of what we're thinking. And our feelings can help us adjust our thoughts so that we have better feelings, if that makes sense. Eh, Not much that I say makes sense, but I hope that makes sense. So let's take a look at this for a minute. We probably can all agree that both thoughts and feelings are controlled by our central nervous system, or our brain. And our brain, if you think about it, is... Well, you have to think with your brain. (laughs) If you think about it, the brain is an incredible, incredible organ. It is more powerful than the most powerful supercomputer that has ever been built. Our brain runs our body. And think about all the stuff that has to run in our body for us to live. First of all, our heart has to beat. And our brain controls that. That's an unconscious 
uh, reaction, by the way. If you haven't noticed yet, you're not constantly thinking about beating your heart. It, it just it goes on automatically. You're not constantly thinking about breathing. You're not constantly thinking about a lot of things. Some things you do consciously think about. Okay, I'm going to, you can't see this right now, but I'm going to bend my thumb. Okay, I'm bending my thumb. My thumb could not bend unless it got a signal from my brain to do that. Now that's a conscious reaction that I'm doing right now. I'm going to stop bending my thumb because it's cracking. I'm getting old. Anyway, that is amazing when you think about it. All the stuff that our brain does, that our brain originates, all of the all of the power and resource that our brain has. Now, there is a lot of debate out there about how much of our brain capacity we actually use. There are scientists, experts who believe we only use 5 to 10% of our total brain capacity. There are other people who say, no, that's a bunch of crap, that's a myth, you know, we use a lot more than that. But in in the larger scheme of things, I don't think it really matters because when you think about everything the brain does, it is a marvelous, marvelous, I don't want to call it a machine, but, well, it's an organ. It's, a, it's our most important organ because without our brain, we're just not here. You know, the rest of the body cannot function. So if thoughts and feelings both originate from the brain, the only question is what comes first? Well, here's the way I look at it. When I just bent my thumb there a minute ago, that had to originate from a thought. I had to think about doing that before I did that. You could say, well, what about your heart? What about your breathing? You don't think about that. That's still a thought, but it's an unconscious thought. You know, it's running in the background. You know, think of your computer. You've got all these processes running in the background. You know, while I'm sitting here recording this, I'm I'm sure probably my CPU and my hard drive are doing a million other things, hopefully not running any kind of spyware or malware or any of that crap. But the computer is doing things that I'm not aware of. That You know, they're not on my desktop leaping out at me saying, hey, I'm doing this. It just does it. And that's the way our brain works. So if we are able to determine that everything that happens, everything that we do originates with a thought, then our feelings must also originate with thoughts. So if I get up in the morning and I think it's going to be a rotten day, I get up and I just start thinking, oh man, there's a ton of snow out there. I'm probably going to get stuck in the snow on the way to work. I'm going to have to plow my driveway. And I'm thinking all these negative thoughts. Then those thoughts are ultimately going to manifest themselves in the way I feel. So the next question I find fascinating is, are these feelings we experience, these emotions that result from our thoughts, are they immediate or are they delayed? That's an interesting question. Well, think about this. When was the last time you stubbed your little toe? I hate to bring up painful memories because, oh man, that hurts. But the last time I stubbed my little toe, I think it was on the door. I was running out of the bedroom or something and I, you know, hit the toe on the door. It took a few seconds after I stubbed the toe 
for me to realize, oh, that hurts. Well, when you think about it, your toe is probably physically as far away from your brain as you can get in distance. Well, it takes a second or two for the toe, which has been stubbed, to send a message to the brain saying, oh, I hit the door, ouch, and the brain to say, oh, yeah, that hurts, and send a signal back to the toe. It's a delayed reaction. So does that apply to our emotions as well? Can I have a bunch of crappy thoughts on Monday and have those crappy thoughts that I had Monday manifest in crappy feelings on Tuesday? In fact, I was so intrigued by this question that I decided to start a thought diary. I would take out a piece of paper whenever I was having a negative thought about something. I would write it down and I would count how many negative thoughts and how many positive thoughts I was having in the course of a day. Then I would log how I was feeling the next day and by God, if I didn't start to draw a correlation. Now, correlation is not causation. You know, I can't prove anything, but it's an interesting theory. If I was having happy thoughts on Monday, I would be in a pretty good mood on Tuesday. If I was having crappy thoughts on Monday, I would be in a pretty crappy mood on Tuesday. And I found that to be very, very fascinating. And here's what I also discovered about that while I was doing this, this thought log, is I had to be a lot more conscious of what I was thinking, because most of our thoughts are unconscious thoughts. You know, they just roll into our head, or our head originates them, I guess if you want to think of it that way, and we, we don't even give it, you know, a, a, a moment's thought, pardon the pun. But that helped me develop more of an awareness of what I was thinking. And I found that if I'm more aware of what I'm thinking, I have more ability to alter those thoughts. And I realized that, you know, I can't just nuke a thought. I can't just make it go away. But what I can do is replace it with a better thought. I can put a better thought in front of the negative thought. I'll give you a for instance. When I was looking outside on Sunday, and it was snowing to beat the band, and I was thinking, oh man, I'm going to have to go out and plow this crap. How much are we going to get? They're saying 10, 12 inches. This is horrible. I just sat back, looked out the window, and said, you know... The snow does look kind of beautiful out there. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of work associated with cleaning this stuff up. But right now, I can just enjoy the pretty Norman Rockwell scene. I'll worry about plowing a little bit later when it all settles. And even when I got out there to plow the snow, it was a sunny day yesterday. It was, you know, the sun was shining on the snow. It really looked very beautiful. And because of that, I 
think that I got the plowing done faster. Actually, I probably didn't, but it just seemed that way because I was admiring the beauty of the snow outside, which produced ultimately a better feeling, a better outlook, and seemed to make things go a lot smoother. Now, if I'd sat there and said, you know, Dan, don't think about having to plow. Don't think about how deep the snow is going to be. Don't think about how much work it's going to be to plow this. I just would have made the situation worse because I'm telling myself, don't, 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 don't. And all my brain hears is do, 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 do. Instead, I chose to concentrate on something that was more positive instead of trying to negate the negative. Negating the negative never works because your brain doesn't hear don't. And I've read that from a lot of different sources. Basically, our brain doesn't hear the word no. So when we try to negate things, uh, even if they're negative things, we end up making the situation a lot worse. So I've got a couple projects for you to try this week, if you're so inclined. The first is to keep a thought and feeling log. Now, the way I do this, I get one of those little 99-cent notebooks. You can get them in any store. And I have a pen. I keep that in my pocket. So it's readily accessible. You might say, well, I can do this on the computer. But you're not always at a computer. You don't always have your phone with you if you're able to you know, type on your phone and whatnot. I think it's just easier to have that little notepad with me so I can just jot it down. You don't have to go into a lot of detail. Just, you know, what am I thinking? Is it a good or bad thought? And on another page, what am I feeling? Is it a good or bad feeling? And see if you can draw some kind of correlation between the two. See if it's an immediate reaction or if you get a delayed reaction. You might get some interesting results. You might get results that are a lot different from what I've gotten, but you know that's what it's all about is basically discovering how we as individuals process our thoughts into feelings. I think you'll also find, as I've found, that writing your thoughts down gives you a much greater awareness of what you're thinking because you have to think about your thought to write it down, right? So it's going to raise your conscious awareness. It's going to bring those unconscious thoughts to the surface and make them more conscious, especially if you've got them written down and you can go back and revisit them at a later time. The next thing I'd like to suggest is what I call exercising the thought muscle. Now, we all know that if we don't exercise our physical muscles, they don't build. They just kind of sit there and actually can kind of degrade over time. Well, the same thing, I think, applies to our mental muscles. If we don't exercise better thought, then we're not going to achieve it naturally. You know, if we go to the gym and exercise for six months or so, our muscles are going to grow and we're going to find that we're able to do a lot of things that we weren't able to do before without a whole lot of exertion, right? Because it becomes natural. So if we exercise better thinking, then over the long term, it's going to become more natural for us to have positive thoughts that we might not be aware of. But we've got to exercise that muscle first to get there. And this is going to sound crazy, but I have to say it. Don't try to erase 
negative thoughts. You'll drive yourself crazy. Believe me, I know. Because the more and more you try to negate a negative thought by attempting to erase it, you're just going to think more of that. You know, it's like telling yourself, no, 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 not. Your brain doesn't understand that. So instead, just try to replace it, even temporarily, with something positive. I'll go back to my example of looking out the window and saying, hey, this snow's kind of pretty. I kind of like watching the snow come down. I didn't erase the thought that, well, I have to go out and plow this stuff. I or I wasn't telling myself, okay, don't think about plowing. I just took a moment and thought about how beautiful the snow looked. And it worked. It produced a more positive mindset. And in doing so, that dread of having to go out and shovel the 12-inch snowdrifts on my back deck, well, that was still there. It was moved to the background. It wasn't on the conscious surface for, well, a little while. I still had to deal with it, but when I finally did have to go out and deal with it, I was in a much better mood. So my positive thought of how beautiful the snow looked actually produced a better mood for me, I believe, the day later when I had to go out and, you know, shovel a walk so my dog could get out the back door. So give those two things a shot. The thought and feeling log followed up by the thought muscle exercise and post your results on the website, growthreflections.com. I would love to get a conversation going and I would love to uh, see your input and see you know what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Hey, if this doesn't work, I want to hear about that too. So thanks for joining us for the program this week. And until we meet again... Have a blessed day. Thanks for joining us for Reflections on Growth, a journey toward personal discovery with Dan Roulette. Don't forget to check out our website, growthreflections.com, for the latest articles and other great resources and join the discussion. The views expressed in this program are those of the host and other participants, and your mileage may vary. If you'd like to offer program suggestions or be a guest contributor, email online at gmail.com. That's dandroulette, D-R-O-L-E-T-T, online at gmail.com. Or click the email link on our homepage. Join us for the next installment of Reflections on Growth, and have a blessed day. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.